One, two, yes. Great. If I could encourage you to pause your conversation, come and take a seat. We're going to continue now. Great. If you can come and take your seats, that'd be great. Again, let me extend my welcome to you. You're really welcome. I hope you're enjoying your morning with us. What a wonderful celebration. Those testimonies were amazing, weren't they? So brave of them to stand up and share their story. And that's part of what baptism is about. It's about standing up in public and saying, I believe in Jesus and I want to follow him. So well done. You who have given your testimonies and are going to get dunked in the water in just a few minutes, well done. It's a very courageous thing to do. We're going to turn in the Bibles. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians 8, chapter, verse 9. There are some Bibles on the sides. Let me read to you from 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 9. I was praying about what to share and... I came across this verse and I felt this will be a really good verse to talk on this morning. It says here, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. I'll read that again. For you know, God wants us to know something this morning. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. He says here, for you know the grace. I wonder what the greatest gift you've ever been given is. Daniel, where are you? I loved your trainers. Where are your trainers? Where's Daniel Diaz? Where are you? Hold up your trainers. Where are you? Yeah, I mean, look at those trainers. I mean, they're amazing. I, I think I should get some of those for preaching. I think I, think I would be like a, about 15% more effective if I wore those trainers. I wonder what the greatest gift you've ever received is. I wonder what you'd most like to receive. Shout something out. What would you like to receive as a gift? A car. A car. My, who is that? Dan? Is that Dan? Who is that? A car. What sort of car? A pickup truck. The new Tesla pickup truck. The, you know, the one that they're going to bring out. Crazy. My daughter, when I asked her this, said she wants a Land Rover. I said, you'd probably be better off asking for a driving license. You can't even drive. <laughs> same, same thing with you, Caleb. Shout something. What would you like? A house. Yes, in Putney. Sorry? A a real one. What would you do with it? Defeat the world. Defeat the world. There we are. Who is that? Danny? Morgan. Okay. I was going to say, if you were getting baptized this morning, I might have words with you about defeating, defeating the world as an ambition. I'm not sure about that. I remember a little while ago, I said about um, something I wanted as a child, I really wanted that I never got, was a Playmobil aeroplane. 
But believe it or not, Samuel bought me one. And it's still in the box at home. Wait, waiting for the moment where I open it and I'm going to put it together. I'm really yeah, looking forward to that at some point. So, so kind of him, wasn't it? To, you know, um, money, that would be a good one, wouldn't it? Money, pretty good. Tech. I went to buy a new um, Mac laptop this week. I didn't buy it in the end. So expensive. Like, so expensive. Clothing. I was talking to somebody yesterday who spent, who remained nameless. They're not in my family, but they were visiting us. They spent, how much was it? On a second-hand jumper. It was like 200 pounds. Yeah, yeah. 200 pounds. A second-hand jumper. If you're listening to this, that was a lot of money to spend. In fact, I think it was 250 pounds. Apparently, Supreme. Have you heard of Supreme? Skate brand, apparently, or something like that. So apparently, because it's that, it's, it's worth 250 pounds. Crazy. Relationships, restored relationships. That would be a good gift for many of us, wouldn't it? Restored relationships. I guess what we want is what we think will bring us the greatest fulfillment in our lives, right? It's going to improve, this is what's going to improve our lives most. That's why we want it, we think. And God's got some things to say about this. The problem is for us is that we often don't truly want or know what's best for us. If we could buy whatever we wanted, if we had all the money in the world, would we actually use it for our own good and for the good of others? Would we? Would we even know what's best for ourselves? I remember when I was a teenager, the thing I most wanted, apart from the Playmobil aeroplane, that was, that was a bit earlier, but as I grew up a bit, I wanted a massive stereo, you know, with, with double decks that was battery-powered so I could walk through the streets playing my 1980s rap music. That's what I most wanted. I don't think it would have been a blessing to many people around me, but that's what I most wanted. God wants to give us to know about the greatest gift ever. And you know where I'm going, obviously, with this. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know. He's saying to them, you know this. I wonder if we know this. Those testimonies we heard this morning, they're saying, I've come to know this. I may have been brought up with it. I may have grown up in a Christian home, but I've come to know the greatest gift, or it says here, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to know something. Once, I had no idea. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I had no idea about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't understand. I thought that Christianity was about, and I didn't believe in God growing up, I thought Christianity was about, if I do, this is what I thought other people believed, if they do good, God will love them or like them and accept them into heaven. That's what I thought. You, people try to be good, and so God will accept them and they'll go to heaven. That's what I thought it was about. And I think that's what most people think religion's about, right? You do good, God will accept you, and you'll go to whatever that is after like, death, heaven or whatever you want to call it. I think that's what most people think. But he's talking about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to just touch on that very center point. What is, what is Christianity about? He says the grace of our Lord 
Jesus Christ. The word grace, charis, means kindness or gift. And the greatest gift that God has given to us is in Jesus Christ. Receiving Jesus and all the good that comes from receiving Jesus. I'm sure the Floyds know this, but the word, the name Anya means grace. Does it not? Grace. It means grace. God wants us to know about his kindness, this gift that he wants us to have in Jesus Christ. So what is this gift? It says here, he was rich, but he became poor. I want you to know about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor. What does that mean? He, how, did he, how was he rich and how did he become poor? Well, he was rich in that he is the eternal God who left heaven and came to the earth to be born as we celebrate at Christmas in humble circumstances. To be born and to be known as a son of a carpenter. Humble circumstances. In a working class family. But not only that, the poverty that he endured was also about people misunderstanding him and slandering him and hating him for his message. But ultimately, the greatest poverty that Jesus took on was him going to the cross and dying in our place, taking judgment upon himself for our sin. Serious message, but it's the, this is the gift. This is the gift that God wants you to know about and wants you to receive. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we... As we're going to baptize people under here this, mor- this morning in just a bit, they're going to go down into water and they're going to come up again, which is good news, isn't it, Daniel? Yeah, go down and up again. But remember what that symbolizes. This is the point. We talk about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ becoming poor. It symbolizes the faith that we have that Jesus went down into death and rose again. To cleanse us of our sin. That's what it symbolizes. He who was Lord of creation. Perfect God. Without fault as Daniel said in his, uh, Nathan said in his testimony. Without fault, without any sin. He did nothing but he, the innocent one, died in our place. And that's symbolized in the water. Going down into death. Rising again. For our cleansing, if we will receive the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ by receiving the Lord into our lives. It says, for our sake, he was rich, yet became poor. It's like having an enormous debt. Debt's a big problem, isn't it? You may be here today with debt, financial debt. It's a big big thing, a debt you cannot pay. And this is what we're saying. He who was rich paid our debt. And the debt we had wasn't financial, it was spiritual. It was our sin. And he took it on himself on the cross. 
paying for us if we will receive this grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paying this debt we could never pay. And he rose again. He says, so that through his poverty we might become rich. How have we become rich? If you've received the Lord Jesus Christ, how have you become rich? You've become rich because you're, sin, you're forgiven. There is no regret. Any, anything you've done, no matter how bad, even if it was this morning, Jesus' death takes it away and you are cleansed of all of your past that may haunt you. But even most, and also the stuff we're unaware of. Sin is the stuff we should have done that we didn't. And it's the stuff we did do that we shouldn't have. And we can all, can't we, say, there's so much I haven't done that I should have done. Nathan called him a God of love. You know, we're meant to love each other, right, as human beings. And we've all fallen short. We've all fallen short. We can look, we can look over there and say these people are, are making that, you know, doing things. But we've all, we've all failed to do what we should have done. And we all have done what we shouldn't have done. And Jesus swallows that up, takes that up, so that through him you become rich, it's removed. But also you become adopted into the family of God. You're adopted into the family of God. That's what the church is. The church is God's family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. God is your father. You can talk to God. I love Nathan's story. You know, he prayed to God. He doesn't always answer how as we would want, apart from in the case of his teacher being sent to Mexico. That was such a fun, great story. But the behind it is the idea that we can bring anything to God, any problem, because God is now Father. He's not an unknown, he doesn't have to be an unknown power. He doesn't have to be a distant power. Who knows what God is like? Who knows? Who can define God? Who knows? No, you can know God through Jesus as your heavenly Father, whom you can talk to about anything. That is rich, true riches. You know, you can have all the, all, all the possessions in the world, but unless you have loving relationships, you can be very lonely. But you know what? The greatest relationship we can all have is with our Heavenly Father. Isn't it? Reconciled to Him, knowing Him, that's riches. I'll tell you some other riches as well, is that you can know what's going to happen to you when you die. That you go to be with your Father in heaven. You don't have to be fearful of death. What's going to happen to me? Remember that story I said at the beginning? Most people think of religion like, if I do good, then perhaps God or whatever will accept me when I die. No, you don't have to wonder if you know that Jesus has taken your sin, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And you know what happens to you after death? That's the promise of Jesus Christ and knowing him. These are great riches. 
So what's the greatest gift you could receive if I were to ask you? If you were to ask God, what's the greatest gift he would want you to want to receive? Then I can tell you now, God would want you to receive his son, Jesus Christ. That's the greatest gift he's given you. It's the greatest gift he wants you to receive. It's the greatest thing you could want for yourself. It's, it holds promise for this life and for eternity. It's true riches. He is true riches. So do you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? The free gift offered to you in Jesus Christ. Do you know it? Do you know that he became poor and died for you? Do you, have you become rich in Christ? If you're a Christian this morning and you're struggling, you know, we do struggle sometimes. May God, by the Spirit and by his word, encourage you this morning to know your true riches in Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ yet, may you receive this gift and know true riches in Christ. As we watch these baptisms today, let's remember what it symbolizes, that Jesus went down into death for us and he rose again for us so that we can have a new life. And let me just end with a, a short little moment of, of challenge. He died and rose again. But you know, in, when you become a Christian, this baptism, when we talk about being baptized, you have also died and risen to a new life. If you've become a Christian, this, if you're getting baptized this morning, God wants you to know you have become a new creation. You've been, you've been raised spiritually. And this life that we are to live is to imitate the one who was rich yet became poor. Christians, we're to live lives of service. Sacrificial service. As Jesus went down into death and rose again, we're all called, particularly those who know Jesus Christ, to go down into death and serve other people around us. You know, when Paul's writing this, he's talking to a church, he's saying, for you know, you know this grace. Let's live in the light of this grace. Let's carry on with the rest of our service. So if you'd like to stand, we're going to worship. And then we're going to baptize.